This is episode 154 with Gemma Lee. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Okay, here's an episode that's very different to anything that I've previously done for you guys on this show. Gemma Lee is a period coach, menstrual cycle educator and speaker, and she's trained with leading experts in women's health, Ayurveda, ancestral health, the energetic body, coaching and personal development, facilitating intimate retreats and workshops and speaking at conferences, schools and corporate events across the world. Gemma created and runs the Well Woman Academy, where she teaches, coaches, supports, and mentors women from all over the world on how to reconnect with their bodies. Now, men listening to this, don't tune out. Trust me when I say this episode is just as educational for you as it is for women. In fact, if you care about being the best version of yourself, this episode will enhance that vision significantly. We don't just discuss women's health, we dive into many areas of health and well-being and cover a lot of different dynamics and it's actually quite fun. Gemma and I are great friends through mutual connections, actually through our great mate Amber Hawken who you've heard on this podcast a few times and I wanted to bring Gemma on onto the show because she's such an aligned purpose and passion-driven soul that has an abundance of knowledge and value to give around holistic health and well-being. A lot of value. Trust me when I say this podcast will go places that you might not be expecting when I talk about optimizing your health and well-being, like menstrual cycles and how important it is to track these for women and how empowering it is for men to have this knowledge to help improve every relationship with females in our life, whether it's our mother, daughter, friends, partner, sister, or colleague. So men listening right now, I'm warning you there's probably more talk about menstrual cycles in this episode than you've ever discussed or listened to. But once again, trust me when I say it's in a way that will help you be a better version of yourself. We talk about communication differences, nutritional requirements, physical movement requirements, sexual desires, masculine and feminine energy, balances and imbalances around the cycle. And get this, us men also have a cycle that helps us understand many differences about the sexes. So in this episode, we also discuss ancestral nutrition an area that I'm super intrigued about. We discuss how to become aware of how your food choices are impacting your physical, mental, and emotional well-being, why it's important to prioritize your health and well-being when you're a busy go-getter like most of us are, and where to start this confusing journey to improve your overall well-being. I'm all about changing the way that we look at things so the things we look at change. Opening our awareness deepening our consciousness and expanding our impact in the world as this amazing, abundant resource of an episode definitely aligns with this. Gemma can be found on Instagram at at Wilson underscore Gemma Lee, J-E-M-A-L-E-E and her website is wellsome.com. So www.wellsome.com. Okay, you're going to enjoy this. Now let's hear from the legend herself, Gemma Lee. Gemma Lee, welcome to Your Life of Impact. You look a little bit nervous. (laughs) I'm always nervous because I never know what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's coming is an awesome discussion on everything that you are, I was going to say an expert in, but uh, let's just say... 
you have a lot of wisdom. Passionate about. Passionate about and a lot of wisdom in there. Not to take expert away from you, but I just feel like I have a really weird relationship with the word expert. So do so. I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we could all be experts in many things, but I just am so passionate about this and therefore it's kind of put me in a place where I know a lot about it. Brilliant. And that's why I want to unpack your mind. So let's dive straight into it. What piece would you like first? <laughs> I want to know, I want the peace of mind we're mm-hmm. going to begin with. I know that you've studied ancestral health and nutrition in that way. I yeah. want to know what is that and why did you do it and what can the listeners take from that? That's a really good question. So I studied ancestral health back in 2014 and it came after I had my leaky gut. So I, I had leaky gut for a few years and then I just went through this natural healing journey. What is leaky gut? It's basically, I describe leaky gut like a bucket. So if you were holding a bucket and you filled it up with water and then you poked little holes in it, you know, it'd be like a watering can, but without the actual proper watering can part. And you would just, everything would leak. And so for me, anything that I was eating was ending up in my, you could say my bloodstream, in my immune system. And it was really affecting me and I was extremely bloated. I've never been overweight my whole life. I've always been super active. But I was carrying like an extra 10 to 12 kilos of inflammation. I was always bloated. I literally looked six or seven months pregnant. I had a lot of trouble with digestion. I was eating good food, but I wasn't obviously absorbing things and it wasn't. Anyway, I just was really unhappy. And I'd seen heaps of practitioners and I just did this crazy, like when I tell people today what I did is this crazy thing. I was like, you know what? No one's helping me. I'm taking your products. Nothing's working. I'm just going to do this for a whole year. So I just really restricted myself for a whole year and I healed. And in that process, I was introduced to Ayurveda. So referred to, I refer to it as traditional Indian medicine because everyone's heard of Chinese medicine, but Ayurveda is the Indian version. And I really just dived into listening to my body. And if everything in my body comes from nature already, why wouldn't nature always support me? And that's when I started to realize that my intuition and my body there's so much more to it that we've kind of, can I swear? Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, <laughs> we've really fucked up. Like today there's so much misconfusion. And so at the time I was really interested in learning about where things came from and why do we have all these packaged foods? Now at the time I'd also already been living gluten-free for like roughly 12 or 13 years at the time. So this is my 20th year gluten-free. So it's not a walk in the park for me. It's a serious thing. And I already knew a lot about packaged foods because of that and the industry that I worked in before I got into what I do now. And I just was so confused that why don't we know more about basic things that come from life? And so I study, I just met, you know, I just met person after person after person then I discovered ancestral health and that's how you can so you can study that and so I did this ancestral health course and it completely blew my mind like I instantly stopped wearing sunglasses because I learned that you know anything that you put in front of your eye long-term damages the strength of your eye it's kind of like when your windscreen in your car gets a little bit murky and you're like god the wipers are shit today and so I just was like, oh, the only way I'm going to know about if that's true is to do it for myself. And so I haven't worn sunglasses in years and I can walk out in the middle of the day, stare towards the sun and be fine. And so I just learned all these really cool things about ancestral health. And they've become a part of what I teach. And a lot of the philosophies that I teach are around ancestral health, like for the fact that nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. So for us in our health, like why are we rushing to the result? Like things will get done if you align with your body in the right way. And um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I could keep listening to you talk. I could keep Keep, keep unpacking it. There's a few <laughs> things to say there that I want to come back to. So when I think about uh, it's a little bit of a tangent from the nutritional aspect that I want to come back to, but how hard was it for you to change your beliefs? Because one experience that I have with working with humans is that, so we believe that sunglasses are the best thing to wear, right? Because you've got to protect your eyes from the sun. Mm. So it's similar. I didn't get introduced to it for the same reasons as you did. But when I understood how important it was for me to get sunlight in my eyes, especially early to create serotonin, which converts to melatonin, which improves my sleep, I barely wear sunglasses now anymore. But it was a bit of a shift for me to go, hang on, but I thought I was protecting myself from wearing them. Yes. And so... The core thing I have to say about that, and it applies to everything with your health, is to come to your own conclusions based on your own experience. 
And so for me, and one of my favorite closest mentors taught me that line, and I've, it literally is everything that I kind of teach revolves around that, is that, hey, look, I don't know if boxing is going to be good for me unless I have an experience in it. So let's go and try it. And if I don't like it and it doesn't work for me, all right, I just won't do it. But I'm not going to know unless I have the experience. So it's the same with people when they say, oh, nutritional products don't work. I'm like, well, have you had an experience? Have you had an experience with a different type of product? Or if people say, oh, yoga is not good for me. And I'm like, well, have you had an experience? Oh, no, I just see it. lots of people get injured doing it. I'm like, okay, well, would you like to have your own experience? It's like saying that, um, you know, sex is not good for me, but sex with every or different people is always going to be different. So you have to come to your own conclusions based on having an experience. And a lot of people today judge themselves. So when it comes or judge themselves based on other people's experiences, and then they take on other people's beliefs. And I call these belief bricks. It's kind of like Santa carrying around a sack of bricks and you've got other people's beliefs that aren't even your own. But for me at the time, I just was a real, I was, how do I, I would just really surrendered to my body. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to try everything and I'm just going to be like an experiment and I'm just going to give it a go. And if it doesn't work, it's not going to work. And after learning more about blood and natural blood transfusions and how it takes time for the cells to renew and, you know, we've got billions of cells and they're always dying and they're always regrowing and, you know, you can literally change your body depending on how you treat it every day and like discovering even that, you know, our bone cells die and regrow every day, but in 10 years time, your bone structure will be completely new as to what it is today. It's kind of like, oh, so me having a, an absolute blowout of my knee and being told I'm going to have to have knee reconstruction, maybe every 10 to 15 years for the rest of my life, I can change that. I'm like, okay, I want to know how I can change that. And so it's important to not buy into other people's belief. I feel anyway, to buy into other people's beliefs, but rather take opinions from others, learn from them and then come to your own conclusion. So everything that I teach when I run events and workshops and retreats and my, like my coaching programs, it's all about, Hey, this is theory, but the only way you're going to know is if you try. And one of the best examples of this is when you tell a woman to stop exercising or moving her body when she's bleeding or menstruating. But I can't do that. Like I'll get fat and my ass will blow out and I'll lose my abs. And I'm like, dude, it's like three to four days. Just try it for the next four cycles and it changes the rest of their cycle. So. We're going to dive into that a little bit. But as you said that, I was just thinking about my gorgeous wife, Marie, when we were trying she to fall. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous inside <laughs> and out. We're trying to fall pregnant and no luck for almost 18 months. But one of the key things was that uh, she, we both were exercising a lot because mm. she was an elite athlete training for the Olympics. And that was her belief that that was it had to be done. Even when she retired, she had to train Can't every day. Stop. Can't stop. Like that's her belief. If I stop, my body will change. My body will change. I won't feel as good. All of these kind of just self-limiting belief bullshit stories that we mm. create, right? And that was when she shifted into long walks, yoga, breathing. I'm not to say that's the only thing, but it might have been the catalyst because then it wasn't long after that we actually fell pregnant. Mm. And you mentioned cycles there. I want to know... Um, Actually, before we go there, there was one was other like, thing. Do you have all day. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing before we go there around food and nutrition, because yeah. everyone listening eats every day. Mm. Everyone has to make choices around their nutritional um, beliefs, and but also it's such a confusing world. We could dive into so many different areas, but you worked in the do manufacturing you want to do a podcast series on this. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening that wants more on it, let's let's jam on it. Uh, processed and packaged foods yes. because you've worked in a company where you processed and packaged foods. Obviously, we want to eat as natural as possible, as often as possible. Mm. But there's good quality processed foods, right? So if we're looking at, we look at a product and it's 100% natural, there's no additives, no preservatives. However, it is processed. How do we know... Mm. Like, what do we trust on packaging? How do we look further? What do we need to look out for? What's what's your beliefs around packaged and processed foods? This is such a great question. It really is. So just to give some context to the listeners, I worked for seven years as a food science formulator. So I used to manufacture products. So a client would come and say, hey, I want to make this powder or I want to make this bar. 
And everything we did was gluten-free. Most things were dairy-free. Things were organic. And so they're the stuff. I made the products that are sold in the health food stores. So packaged health food products, not packaged food that you find halfway down the chip aisle in Woolworths or Coles. And what a lot of people didn't realize is the client would come and want something privately manufactured, but then what about where that ingredient comes from? And then the certificate of analysis that comes with that ingredient and then how that nutritional panel is formulated, then how the labeling laws work with that product. And a really good example of packaged foods that are healthy is that quite often it can say, for example, organic, and it doesn't mean it's certified organic if it doesn't have a certified organic label, but sometimes it can have a certified organic label, but only 80% of the product is certified organic. So there's a leniency there with that. So the part that's not organic, but you're buying this, let's just say it's organic chips or a protein bar. And then at the end, it's got natural vanilla flavor. A lot of people don't realize that that vanilla flavor is made up of 16, maybe 18 different types of ingredients. And it might be a powdered vanilla flavor or a liquid vanilla flavor. Now that then changes the concentration of it, but a lot of those ingredients that are used in those flavorings, even though it says natural, actually can be carcinogenic. And so I'm a really Meaning big- can cause or lead to cancer. Yes. And one of the very challenging products or ingredients that are found in these products is called propylene glycol. And propylene glycol in European countries is banned. Like you just can't have it at all. But in Australia, if it's in a small environment, like a very small aspect of the product, it's deemed as safe for human consumption. And so it comes back to the food legal laws of Australia. And this is what they don't teach naturopaths or nutritionists or dietitians at university because they don't need to know food legal laws when mm. it comes to packaging, right? And this is why I'm a big believer, Robbo, of just eating close to nature. You know, nature doesn't fuck it up. We fuck it up. And so what does that mean? Well, we live in a world surrounded by packaged food. What happens when I travel? Are you just going to always eat bananas, apples and carrot sticks? It's about balance. And so when it comes to your packaged foods, you want to purchase products that come from a company you trust and you like the ethos of. You want to purchase from a company, ideally, depending on what they're producing, that is manufactured to a pharmaceutical standard rather than a food standard. Difference between the two is doesn't mean it's a pharmaceutical product, as in like a drug. It just means it's manufactured to those standards. So a food standard is like going to the bakery and be like, can I get that wholemeal loaf of bread? And it just says wholemeal loaf in the counter. You know, when you see the sign, it doesn't tell you what's in the product. And that's not illegal. Mm. They don't have to tell you everything that's in the product. And that's what food standards are. So food standard laws in Australia and in most countries around the world if it's just manufactured to a food standard, even cosmetics are very similar like this, like beauty care products, um, sunscreens. They don't have to put everything on the, on the label. The company can voluntarily put everything on the label if they like, but then they can also voluntarily manufacture to pharmaceutical standards. That means that they literally have in their manufacturing process, so the plant it's manufactured in, the standards are just so much higher. Mm. Everything that's in that bottle or on that label is in the product, guaranteed. And most products are then quarantined, quarantine tested, but the ingredients are quarantine tested. And so you, it's a difference between, let's just say, fish oils. A whole lot of fish oils being produced and one tablet in a lot being tested versus every single tablet mm. in the lot being tested. That's the difference between the standards. And the visual of that kind of, like if you look at, I don't want to say a ton, but a pallet load of fish oils, you've got thousands of tablets or capsules. You don't, you just want it. Like for me, if it's going to go in my body, I want to know what's in the product. And I always just say and keep it really simple is that when you go to the supermarket, we can't avoid buying packaged food. Like unless you're home making your pasta, I don't know how to make homemade pasta, but unless you're doing that, you're going to have to buy something that's in a package. So if you're reading the ingredients and you don't know what one of the ingredients is or you're confused by it, I'm sure your body's going to be confused by it too. Mm. So know your product as in where it comes from and the brand. Know what's in the ingredients. Forget about the numbers. Like I spent years putting those panels together. I don't care. I'll give two hoots about any number. It's the ingredients. And mm. that will then decide whether you've got enough fiber, if you've got a, um, enough macronutrient balance just by what's in it 
rather than what the numbers say. Because as we all know, just because you eat an apple doesn't mean you're going to use everything from the apple. Mm. Um, so with I look at products uh, and sitting here drinking a bone broth and the reason why I use mm. that particular company is because when I look at their label and I've used them for years for this reason that the ingredients are so 82% of it is 100% grass-fed beef bones and then the rest of the ingredients is herbs and spices there's no other you know, different ingredients, exactly like that, sugars, anything like that. It's just herbs and, and that. So, you know, I've, it's it's such a tedious process though. So how do we make it easy for everyone listening? I think you said a couple of things there. Is it more around when you do have to select packaged foods, if you're confused by the ingredient, your body's going to be confused by it. So that's it's pretty a good simple. sign. Yeah. And just try and eat natural foods as often as possible. I like to say that you want to tune into nature as much as you can and ideally seasonally they teach that in Ayurveda is that you know if you want to live in tune with the earth you need to eat in tune with the earth so that's eating seasonally but with packaged foods I know like you know I'll speak to a client you know and she's working on her gut health to help with her hormone balance to help with her menstrual cycle and I'm like you know they complete a food diary and I look at what they're what they're eating and I'm like oh so it's probably not that great to eat that hummus every single day and they're like why but it's hummus it's made of chickpeas I'm like yeah but it also has preservative 222 in it and they're like yeah I'm like do you even know what that does to your gut health and so for me I don't disagree with having packaged foods I think it's more important to become educated by what you're buying when it's a packaged food so on the weekend, I was teaching nutrition to yoga teacher trainers. It's a part of the training course that I teach. And I um, one of the questions, we talked about packaged foods and they were like, so like what packaged foods do you buy? And I was like, um, um, I have bone broth. I was like, pasta, miso, because I'm too lazy to make my own. I was like, uh, sometimes I buy corn chips. Um, but I make nearly everything else myself mm. or I buy in bulk or I buy you know, from a, like a health food bulk store. And it is possible. But if you're listening to this and you're like, I would love to only eat nature kind of foods and sometimes rarely eat packaged foods, don't rush it. Give yourself two to three years. You know, if you're going to make this change, I have like a, a, universe, a university theory around this. But if, you, if you're going to make a change for your life, it's going to affect you for the rest of your life. Don't try to do it in a month. Like allow yourself one to two years to kind of just transition through it. And for me, when I was going through leaky gut, literally, Robo, all I ate for a whole year was fruits and vegetables. No nuts, no seeds, no grains, no dried fruit. The only drinks I had was water or a herbal tea with dried herbs or fresh herbs or fresh roots. That's literally all I did. And so for me, a whole year on that, you know, People think, fuck, that's crazy. But I just went back to nature. And at the time I was already gluten-free, so I didn't feel like I was missing out on bread. I never missed toast because I never had it anyway. And there was no gluten-free products like there were uh, today back mm. then. And so a lot of people, when they think about going packaged-free or processed-free, they're like, oh, but how am I not going to have like my laksa soup? You know, I need to buy the jar of the ingredients to make that. I'm like, but there are other options. So if you just chose one meal every week that you made non-packaged, I promise you in, in 50, 52 weeks a year, you'd have different recipes that you can then make unpackaged. So you can't get around, you can't avoid it completely. But remember that what you, what you put in your mouth, you control. Burgers don't fly into your mouth. No one's shooting them at your face and that you whatever you have in your house is your control when you go out you can't control that so control what you can and when you're out enjoy and without the stress of it and i find the balance of that is much better you know going out for thai food yes there's probably going to be some preservative or something in the sauce but it's a sometimes thing mm. something i do every day i love that one percent improvements aspect where it's marginal gains that you're asking mm. for people because regardless like you said any change that we're trying to make if we're trying to make a big change like that we're more likely to not follow through with it it's all too hard we give up mentally emotionally physically totally. everything 
So to be able to actually look at that long-term goal and then just make the, the smaller changes, I think is really good. One word that you said there earlier too was awareness and you made that choice to shift and then you become really aware and in tune of your body. I want to link that back to the, the word that we talked about as you started to dive into and you mentioned again. <laughs> I want to know more about these cycles. So women's cycles, I'm really intrigued by it and I have been for a long time, but my gorgeous wife went to one of your workshops just recently and we always, you know, we don't have a TV. We debrief. I say to people, how do you have time for TV? When I you're don't know. <laughs> I haven't had a TV for eight years. I'm like, how do people do this? Yeah, and, and, you know, we've got a projector and we'll watch some documentaries, but we talk and really openly and bounce off and how was your day and what do you think about this? And Where are those guys? <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you're listening. <laughs> so uh, she started to talk a lot more about the, the cycles aspect. Mm. And I was really interested to when she also said, uh, about the difference between the men's and the women's cycles yes. and bringing that into nutrition. And I thought, men have a cycle? Like, yeah. I, I didn't even know. I'm 34 years old. I didn't know I have a cycle. And you've got lots of experience with the body too. Exactly right. Yeah, we do. Men and women, um, everyone runs on a cycle. So if you bring in ancestral health here, is that everything works cyclically in life. The moon and the sun. Okay. Yeah, cyclical. Mm. The tides, cyclical. Nature is cyclical. We have summer, we have winter. So that's a cyclical, literally everything's moving in this circular motion. And so if you think about that, we wake up, we expert energy, and then we rest, and then we build energy. And then so we go through this cyclical nature. The difference between men and women is that we both have cycles. We just work on different cycles. Now, this really became aware to me when I was diagnosed with PCOS. See, I grew up... PCOS? Which is polycystic ovary syndrome. PCOS, yeah. Basically, I had cysts on my ovaries. Let's just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on the pill for 12 years, came off that, lost my period for nine months, and I found out that I had this thing. And I was just like, but I'm a healthy person. And all my life, from the age of six months, I started swimming. And my mum was a swim coach and a swim teacher. And I've literally been involved in in sport a lot. Now, I've never been a professional athlete, but I've always really looked after my body on a physical sense. And it was interesting because in the area of movement, I just like to call it the movement industry, is that everything is really designed by men. The Atkins diet, Pilates, yoga. It's all designed by the male and it works well for males. But why is it that women, and I'll ask you this, Robert, because you probably know a lot of women like this. One week they're like, I want to eat salad. The next week like, fuck it, I'm having hot chips, you know, and the men can generally just work out what works for them and stick to it and have the same thing for lunch every single day for the next 20 years. That's me. Exactly. (laughs) This is where the cycles differ. So men run on a 24 hour cycle. So basically, if you just look at a few different times throughout the day, your hormones at 8 a.m. in the morning are going to be the same every day at 8 a.m. They're going to be the same every day at 1 p.m., every day at 4 p.m., every day at 8.30 p.m. Now, that's going to slightly differ as you age. So it's going to be roughly the same from like, say, 20 to 40. Then once you hit to 40, you know, your hormones start to change a little bit. Naturally, your melatonin production goes down. So that's going to change a little bit, but still your cycle will still run on a 24-hour clock and it will be roughly, if not exactly the same, every single day, just with slight little leniences. Oh, this year it's a little bit different and the next year it's a little bit different. So you run on this 24-hour clock. It's great for you. You know what you like and that's perfect. And by that, do you mean, so the body's releasing, you know, it's natural testosterone, it's natural cortisol, it's natural DHA through those processes. Because as I hear you say that, I'm like, yeah, but I can alter that slightly through the breath. I can you alter can, that through yes. movement. But there's obviously the body's natural release of things as well at certain times of the day. It, yeah, and naturally it's going to happen every single day mm-hmm. at roughly the same time. Roughly the same time. Or yeah. you can impact it and change it on a day to, on a day by day basis. But every day, it's only going to affect that day. Mm. Whereas for women, we run on a 28-day cycle. And the way I kind of put that into perspective is is I want everyone to close their eyes and just focus on this for a moment. How a woman's hormones are, so my hormones today, is only going to happen, this exact makeup of my body today, how I feel like moving, what food I'm asking for, how I feel emotionally, how I feel mood-wise and mentally, is only going to happen another 12 times in the next 365 days. 
Hmm. So the next year, how I feel today is only going to happen another 12 times. And that's because we run on this 28 hour or 28 day, not hour, 28 day clock. Now, every woman's cycle is different. But if we go back centuries, so let's just go back 500,000 years. You know, Ayurveda is 5,000 years old. It's the oldest kind of tradition, the oldest way of medicine in the world is that women always had a cycle in connection with the moon. So it ran on a lunar cycle. That's why it's called a moon cycle. So when we look at the woman's moon cycle and just their menstrual cycle in general, is that today women have 24-day cycles, 30-day cycles, 45-day cycles. But why is that so dramatically changed today as to what it was 500 years ago? Mm. And that's because we live differently and we have more things that can <clears throat> impact our cycle. So women run on this 28-day cycle. And so because of that, on a week by week, and it's technically a phase-by-phase phase cycle, um, as in the sense that women have four phases of their cycle. So you could say men have four phases in a day, but women have four phases in a month. And so those phases have different hormone balances. Therefore, they are creating different things. And women's bodies are designed to ovulate. And then we menstruate because we ovulate. So if you've got a problem with your menstruation, it's because you have a problem with your ovulation. And it literally is like menstruate. Then we have the, um, the follicular phase. Then we have the ovulation phase. Then we have the luteal phase. And then we come back to the menstrual phase. And that's a birth-death cycle. It's actually one reason why women live longer than men is because we live through more birth-death cycles and we're used to this renewal process. And we just operate differently. So for a woman who's like, all right, I've got 10 kilos. I need to shed this shit off my body. I'm doing all the right things. I'm eating all the right foods. I'm doing all the right exercise. I go to the gym regularly. You know, I get massages. I do all of this, but I just can't get rid of the weight. Most likely you're doing something that's not in balance with your cycle. And so that's often rest or that's often having a phase of your cycle where you push yourself really, really hard and you exert your energy and you do your PBs. But then the opposite side of your cycle is where you're like, hey, I'm just like Netflix and chilling today and I might just go for a five minute walk and that might be my whole day as opposed to doing like three hours of exercise two weeks earlier. So at certain phases of the cycle, say if you're one week from uh, menstruating, yep. you know that during that week that's either you're on or you're off week yes. So and then coming out of that. So there's yep. in specific phases of the cycle, it should be actually... I know that you're used to pushing seven days a week every month. However, those seven days is actually your time off. You know how you don't feel like training? Listen to your body and don't train. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like your body's yeah. Trying and to give you-, you can think about it too in like a male sense. And this is not to be like gender specific, but for men who are just like, I can't fucking work this chick out. Like she wants this one week and the next week she wants that. And all of a sudden she <laughs> wants to freaking try surfing. And then she's like, no, I think I might just stick to yoga. Actually, I'm really missing going to the gym. That's because hormonally, not just even hormonally, but energetically throughout a cycle, everything is always changing. Mm. And so this actually impacts how a woman eats throughout the four phases of her cycle, how she moves throughout the four phases, also her moods. So it's really fascinating for men, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, for a male to know, all right, look, my woman's just ovulated right now. She's going through a bit of a void phase. I'm going to have to be on point and be a little bit more physical and a bit more nurturing because that's going to support her through this phase and then she's not going to snap and aim my head off. But imagine if every supportive partner knew that. Rather than Powerful. Yeah, rather than the woman, and this is very stereotypical, but rather than the woman being like, why the fuck are you not hugging me today? And like, why didn't you kiss me before you go to bed? And the guy's like, I do the same thing every single day. What's wrong? <laughs> She's like, but you didn't do it. And that's because her body's craving extra things at that mm. time. And so this is what I call cycle awareness. And becoming aware of your body as a woman, really, it's transformative of every aspect of your health. You know, I feel way healthier now doing half as much movement and changing my food up than what I did three years ago 10 years ago you know i feel healthier in mid 30s than what i do what i did at mid 20s and that's and i do less Mm. (laughs) but i do everything in accordance to my cycle and so on an athletic scale um like i'm a yogi practitioner so 
with yoga, I can sense around my ovulation window, my handstands, my energy for my handstands. I'm like, boom, I can hold this motherfucker for a long time and I feel good. But if you ask me to do the same handstand or if I attended the same yoga class, the same teacher and it was the same sequence and I did that roughly 10 days later, totally different. I'd be barely able to keep my legs together. And that's because of the different shifts and changes going on in a woman's body. And so forcing yourself as a woman to do something that's not in alignment with your body is literally what causes imbalance. I think back to my time in high performance sport. We don't learn it. We don't uh, coach it. Therefore, we don't in um, we don't allow the female to experience life in that cyclical way that you guys are designed for Mm. i look back now and i I feel guilty i think about the female athletes that i work with and go harder (laughs) well yeah i was always aware of it and it was always in my mind i'm like i actually i'm not surprised if performance isn't as good the body's going through a lot knowing nothing about what you're talking about here understanding hormonal shifts and things like that but actually understanding actually that's where we that's why this athlete will be on a different four-week cycle to the next athlete mm. because we go on four to six-week cycles anyway. So I just think back to all of that. and um, But it's it's kind of normal in sport. Oh, I remember like I used to be a still water rower and I rode for the state and, you know, in the institute for the state, you know, I was told to take the pill so I was bleeding at the time of competition crazy but at the same time being on the pill now i was already on the pill at the time but being on the pill you actually have a non-ovulatory bleed so Mm. you don't actually you're not bleeding your uterus lining you actually don't ovulate so it's a non-ovulatory cycle Mm. and it just blows so that would mean your your hormones would be different anyway yeah my hormones would be completely different and you know when you are bleeding on your um Basically, your core hormones that you produce for your cycle, if you're on the contraceptive or hormonal contraception, um, I was going to say contraceptive pill or the hormonal, any hormonal contraception, it changes your cycle. And so that's why I feel, and this is just my personal belief, you don't need to believe it, not everyone needs to take it on, but I believe that there's a lot of imbalances and challenges with fertility today because one, we're not educated about our cycles enough, and two, women come off contraception and they're like, okay, I'm ready to make a baby now mentally and maybe financially and maybe romantically. But then their body's like, what the fuck, man? I got five years to catch up here. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know, I work with women from, you know, in their sixties right down to like teenage years or menarche, which is the big, your first bleed, you're welcoming in your first period. And all the women say to me without like, literally it's the most common thing is that, why wasn't I taught this when I was at school? Now it's not school's pro- it's not the school's fault, right? Because it's important for parents to teach this too. But that's where kind of education begins, right? Mm. Sex ed. But this isn't sex ed we're talking about. This is cycle ed. This is period education. Mm. And girls at schools are given like a package which has like a tampon and a pad and like a little booklet about your period, and that's it. So are you stepping into schools? Is that a passion area for you? Yeah, actually, I do teach in schools at the moment. And um, it's it's so interesting teaching young girls these same theories that we've spoken about today, but obviously in a little bit more of a different sense and, Mm. you know, in a more fun way. I teach with a lot of analogies. You know, it helps them study better. It helps them realize, if you think of the rates of depression and suicide today in our youth, it helps them realize, oh, so actually it's kind of normal for me to feel mm. a bit low right now. I don't really want to hang out with my friends. I, I just want to stay at home today. Completely normal. Brilliant. And so for women, this is knowledge that we've had for centuries. This is ancestral knowledge. This is womb wisdom. But we're just really disconnected with it all. And the more we can connect with this, I really feel like it will contribute to the greater good of the planet. And as I'm hearing you speak and my experience with Marie that night on the couch, I was all ears and asking her lots of questions because in my mind there's two things. I think, wow, here's a 34-year-old woman learning about herself. I just thought it was the men that didn't know this sort of stuff. And I think, wow, like what you said before, this is helping me understand our relationship dynamics better. Yeah. So as I'm hearing you talking, I'm thinking in both dynamics and I'm thinking to all the male listeners who might have slightly tuned out and I'm saying, hey – Come back. Wake up. This is important for you. If there's any in your life, friend, mother, partner, 
anyone, sister, colleague, colleague, sister. Client, yeah. It really starts to make sense. So how, like what, what's, I just think about everyone that might be listening to this saying, but yeah, but what's next? Like how do I, where, where should they start? Like is there resources that you do in your programs? <laughs> you know the movie um, Aladdin and they're on the on the rug and they're flying through there and it's like, it's a whole new world. Yes. It's like, this is what it is. Yeah. It's a whole new world. And, you know, for the women even who are getting closer to like menopause age, you still have a cycle even if you don't menstruate. And so that totally changes the dynamic. Mm. And I just want to quickly touch on before, like where to start and where to go for like support or what, how do I learn about this more is that, with women, we live in this world today where periods are accepted as painful, crampy, challenging. I hate my period. It's known as shark week. You know, there's got all these really crazy names. I never, I, I never like negative connotations. Yeah. And, and this is where tabooness comes. Like, for example, in the past, if I had a partner and they're like, oh, like, are you in your period? I was like, hang on a second. Whoa. No, like, yes, I might be. But I, what if I'm not? And so you're just judging that every time someone or a woman is moody that she's hormonal because she's on a period. But that's what we learn. Like Exactly. That's the bullshit stories that we yes. are kind of told or do we us males create it? I don't know. Like does it come from our female friends too because of their misunderstanding on moody and then guys, we give that judgment. Like we have this naivety, disbelief mm-hmm. or not disbelief, belief around all oh, of that. Oh, it's just – it's <laughs> – it's a huge topic. Judgment, yeah. And I think the biggest awakening for men and for women is that for women, this I call them cycle signs, most commonly known as PMS. So any challenge you have in your health as a woman, bloating, period pain, cramps, hormonal changes, um, you know, skin changes, as in like acne, um, bad sleep. Um, food cravings, you know, like the women who are like, I just ate five packs of chips. I don't know how I just did that on my own. Like, <laughs> like there's always that time of the cycle where women's like, there's nothing safe in my house, <laughs> but they're not normal. They're common. It's common for women to have period pain. It's common for women to have fertility challenges, but it's not normal. And mm. so it's really about becoming educated about your cycle. And if you're a male listening to this and you have a woman in your life, be it either a partner or a friend or a sister, whoever it is. You know, if they're complaining about, oh, I've got the worst PMS or I've got the worst period cramps, your body is not designed to put you in pain. Like your body is designed to literally give you life. Like the only role of your body is to literally keep you alive. It's to, it's to handle you, pain, right? Rather than yeah. pain. So then the body goes into this stress state, which might only just be minor stress, but it's like, Okay, I've got to deal with this inflammation. I've got to deal with this pain. I've got to deal with... And so what happens is that we just start managing and dealing with it because we're dealing with life too. But your life can change if you realize that your cycle signs or your PMS, whatever you want to call them, is not normal. And so when you change the, the belief of what is normal, literally every woman's like, oh my God, I've, I've just had my first period and there was... I didn't even get one cramp. Like, I didn't even know a period like that could exist. It's possible. And that's how women always menstruated. But now because there's a lot of external factors that kind of impact our health of our endocrine system, which is everything, sleep cycle, stress cycle, adrenals, adrenaline, you know, everything um, from blood sugar, insulin response, it impacts your entire endocrine system. And your endocrine system, it's known as the reproductive system. And that's because it reproduces, but not just reproduces babies like humans, it reproduces everything. Like if you want to age backwards, you need to work with your endocrine system. And that's the same for men, not just women. And so I'm going on a rant, rant here, but there's no such thing. <laughs> but there's nothing, there is no normal. It's just common. The only thing that's normal is to feel well, to have energy, to feel like you've got vitality, to, to know that, hey, yes, I might be menstruating and I know my energy is low, but I still feel really balanced and I still feel healthy. That, that alone there, that's a healthy cycle. Would you say then, when I'm hearing you speak then, that a big part of your mission is to help people shift that belief? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's about delivering knowledge and being a conduit and you're obviously passionate about it too. But as soon as, like you said it there, that if, once they change their, the women change their belief of what's normal, 
a whole new world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it just opens up that women are like, man, I'm really bloated today. And instead of accepting that that's normal, like more than 80% of the population live bloated on a regular bla- on a regular basis and they don't even realise that they're bloated. Mm. Like women think they're bloated and they might be bloated, yes, because of food habits or stress or anything related in that aspect, but women don't even realise that your uterus actually naturally expands to allow you to menstruate. Mm. So I always get this little like, look, it feels a bit like a baby head, <laughs> you know, around when I'm menstruating and I'm like, all I know that that's my uterus. And this comes back to another ancestral theory about expansion and contraction. Everything expands, everything contracts. Mm. Pupils, breath, lungs, weight, lymphatic system, the ocean, the wind, the temperature. Unite like everything expands and contracts, but it's kind of like love expands and contracts and expands and contracts, but only expansion can come forward when there's been a contraction. And so our health is the same and your menstrual cycle is the same. We expand and contract and for women, just knowing that alone is like, oh, so it's actually normal for me to feel like I've got an extra five kilos of weight on my body when I'm menstruating. Oh, okay, so I'm not going to shame myself. Mm, drop the not, judgment. Yeah, I'm not going to force myself to wear my tight clothes. Mm. And I'm not going to make myself go to a party where I feel like I need to dress up and look good because I'm not feeling good because my body's literally detoxing and renewing itself right now. Mm. Like your body is, think about it as a woman. Your cervix moves from a low position to a high position. You don't even have to ask it to do that. Then your uterus expands and then it naturally sheds its skin like a snake. And then it releases that, which is your body detoxing. The uterus sheds its skin? Yeah, like the uterine lining. Mm, I didn't know that. So basically your body produces a uterine lining and progesterone contributes to the, that uterine lining. And that lining is kind of like the sac that the baby mm. grows in. So when sometimes babies are born naturally and they still are in this like balloon thing, that's what a woman would menstruate out if there was no conception. Mm-hmm. So interesting. <laughs> and I've got a thousand, we're going to have to get you back on, Demo, because I know you've got an appointment to get to. Um, so in, in kind of a wrap up, I want to know then what's uh, – because you run your own business yeah, and you you are an entrepreneur, you have a lot of different things going on and a lot of people listening here uh, are in the same sort of boat. They have, you know, they have businesses, they have families, they have busy lives, which I'd like to kind of flip that language to say uh, productive and – what what I want to know is, um, in a nutshell, that, and we'll get you back on later to talk about it more, what, actually, what's the most important question to ask you? What I'm trying to get at is, we're all, these people listening are, are busy, lots of things going on, um, lots of goals and visions and everything, mm. listening to this going, yeah, it's all well and good, but it sounds like a lot of work. What's kind of like the, the how do you, place. the, you asked that question. Before. Yeah. The starting place. And as well as why do we have to make this important? Part of my, you know, I love this saying here, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. And I often you do say that a lot. I do. And, and because it keeps me in alignment and, and it allows me oh. to deliver my message more. So why am I doing this? Because I believe that this is part of the change I want to see in the world. What changes that? I want people to value their health. Mm. If everyone on the planet had their health as their top three core values, not just say that they think about it, but literally did it it and action it. If you Mm. action that, it would be very different to just saying it or thinking about it. There's a big difference between knowing and doing. So why or where or I'm just going to say these words to you. You take this where you want to. (laughs) Entrepreneurs, busy people, health and well-being. All right. So like I look at myself as like a self-employed person. And I run a business and this comes into a little bit of like feminine and masculine energy is that it takes the masculine side of me to kind of run my business. It takes the feminine aspect of me to create, develop and inspire within my business, right? Whenever there's an imbalance between the two, if we're too focused, too driven, too go, 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 logical, want more, do more, have more, be more, then there's an imbalance and that's when we get to burnout or we get to like, I don't even want to fucking do this anymore kind of stage. Like I want to get a job (laughs) is that this because there's an imbalance between the two and your health is much the same is that 
I love on the airplane, and you may or may not have heard this, that, you know, they say give oxygen to yourself first before you give it to your children. And that's because if you're not breathing effectively, your kids won't breathe effectively. It's the same in your business that if you aren't healthy and stable in your body and your mind, then your business won't be healthy and stable too. So from a a cycle aspect, you know, it can be very overwhelming on like, where do I start? The first place is for a woman, you just want to learn to track your cycle. Forget about everything else. Just learn to track your cycle. I have a free Love Your Cycle tracker on my website. It comes with video series. Just download it. Just learn how to track your cycle with a written tracker. Don't use an app. We're in this world of like tap, 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 swipe, forget. (laughs) Just connect with your body. Give yourself one to three minutes a day. Write it down and just connect with yourself. So that's the first step. But if you're in, in, in a business, it's very easy kind of like an athlete to kind of just keep working keep training keep doing and then they get burnt out eventually mm. right same in your business so with health and it's like an amber's like best friend of mine good friend of yours too she always says to me Gemma, you work fucking harder than anyone else i know but i rest way harder than you like and it's true because i need to learn to rest better but i rest during my menstrual like menstruation time of my cycle mm. and so for women Use your menstrual cycle and actually have a whole, I have a course that teaches about cyclical business life for women is that you want to allow your business and your work structure. So if you're not an entrepreneur, but you work as a job or you have a career in something and you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, this applies to you too. But you want to organize your meetings and your interviews in a time of your cycle where you've got the energy and you're like buzzing for that. And then you want to do your admin and your bookkeeping in the time where you're logical and your hormones are actually structured to like help you pinpoint, do tasks and like tick them off. Mm. But then you want to rest and reflect during your menstrual time. So when you're bleeding, it might only be three days, but at least have one full day off where you just get a chance to kind of refresh ancestrally i'm going on a rant here but ancestrally that was the intuitive time for the tribe menstrual time for women is they would they were the ones that made the decisions they're the ones that got the insights as to like will we move the tribe you know will we grow the tribe will we segregate will we you know change focus will we whatever it might have been that all happened during menstrual time. And that's because women are more intuitive than men in general, if they're healthy, clean and got good energy systems, but especially during menstrual time. And so resting during that time for your business can actually be very creative for women Mm. instead of pushing yourself through. So in a health aspect and for entrepreneurs is just be aware of your cycle. Know that everything expands and contracts. Know that you'll have bursts and then you'll have lulls. But allow yourself to go high and low and then just bring yourself back to like an even keel in the middle. And the best way to know how to do that, and I'll use a surfing analogy, is it's kind of like when you're surfing and you're paddling into a wave. I spoke about expansion and contraction earlier. The way I always kind of explore and explain this is that it's like paddling onto a wave. You know, in a split millisecond, your intuition will be like, hell yeah, this is my wave or fuck no, like that's not my wave. And you don't even have logical time to think about that and the different aspects. Your intuition instantly, whilst you're connected with nature, you're just attuned to your body, you're attuned to the feeling of the water, you instantly know that it's not for you. And so expansion contractions the same, like lean into like, do I want to go to that gym class today? Do I want to take rest? Do I really feel like this food? Do I want to work harder today? Do I want to work later today? Do I want to take the day off? So just connect with your body. And it's sometimes challenging in this very overwhelming world. That's right. We have so many distractions that yeah. take away our focus on on what's really important and what the key is. And you said you've got those resources on your website. Because that's what I come to often working with people that, that are the quote unquote busy and there's a lot going on. There's already a lot of things that we've got to do. So how can we simplify it? And that's your... <laughs> I yeah. see women who are really, really busy and I'm like, your masculine balance is over dominating you. You've probably got imbalances in your menstrual cycle because that's a trait of masculine imbalances in women. Most women who have businesses and run them are very busy 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 your body's too busy to actually have balance and so i instantly know what your challenges are and i can be like hey you need to do this 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 and this so to start out with the resources are track your cycle it's free i have heaps of videos on it and like pod 
podcast I have a I have a podcast the whole podcast is dedicated to cycle awareness and we talk about sex poo periods orgasms menstruation lactation um, masturbation you know like everything to do with like the cycle and being a human and being and being a bloody great human <laughs> there's a lot of guys that listen to it even though it's very targeted to women but honestly that's this you know as a as a youngster used to get like the sealed section of like the Dolly magazine as a female, which is like, um, I don't even know if they still have it, but like the cosmopolitan magazine used to have a sealed section and you know, you'd rip it open and like, that would be like the sex ed. Like mm. that's where I learned about sex ed as a teenager. But I like to think the podcast is like, you can kind of tune in and listen to it. You don't have to sit on the, on the bus or the train and have someone read that you're listening to a, a podcast episode about cervical orgasms and big O. <laughs> you know, you can just <laughs> secretly listen to it on a podcast. Um, but yeah, they're good resources that are all free. Then I do have a, it's a five day love your cycle mini course. So for women who just are like, Hey, this is really interesting. I want to learn more about it. It's literally less than 30 bucks. It takes five days to do. You get an audio book, an ebook, you get five days of live video classes, and it just gives you the whole first initiation of what you really wish you learned. So that's the first step. And the mm-hmm. next step is like, if you have challenges, reach out for support, ask, you know, mm-hmm. I, I work with coaching clients, I have a program, um, and lots of other just random resources and stuff on the shop of my website. And for the men who are listening, knowing that there's some woman in their life that needs to know about this, definitely share <laughs> Darling, this episode around. I heard about tracking your cycle. I think you should really look into that. <laughs> I think it's going to support our relationship. <laughs> What's interesting in the Well Women Academy program, I actually have a, a, a PDF guide for men. And it's for the, the partners or really? you know, it's called the flow with me guide. And it literally is a chart that you put up on your fridge and the guy can be like, hey, honey, what day of your cycle are you on? She's like 14. And you can literally run your finger. Okay, day 14. Yes. Nutritionally, this is what she wants. Physically, this is what she wants. Okay, environmentally, she's, oh, so she really wants to go out. This is date time. She wants me to take her out on a date. Sexually, Brilliant. what she's asking for. Yes. So it kind of takes the numbing out of it, you know, for the male. Because sometimes males don't want to be like, all right, sit down. Tell me about your hormone structure for the next 28 days. Bit too much, probably too much detail. I don't really want to know about your cervical discharge right now. But knowing about the general life factors helps a lot. So, like in a relationship, knowing what day of your cycle or the day of the cycle of your partner is a female for both, even if it's same sex female relationship, is important because that contributes to how she might want to eat dinner that night. Mm. So it's like, hey, all right, she's in her autumn phase. Man, she is munching right now. So we're going to have like, for me, that's the time I have like nachos or like a pasta bake or I make like pad thai. And like she's going to be like, hell yes, I want that food. Like how do you know my body so well? (laughs) Brilliant. I'm going to get one of those charts. So is that part of one of the programs that you run? Yeah, it's part of the female program that I do. I'm going to make sure Marie does the program just so I can get that PDF. I feel like we've got a really good relationship and one of our packs together is that we're always enhancing and we enhance by supporting each other as individuals and then as a couple and then as parents. And so with that um, in mind and I think about – okay here's a challenge and this is why i've got to get you back on because this could go to a lot of places i'll say she'll say what do you want for dinner tonight babe or i'll say what would you like for dinner tonight babe i don't really know Give oh me i your- hate that conversation and then she'll say can you just be like can you just be the man right now and decide and like all right cool and now if she's got that chart i'm gonna be like, all right cool <laughs> what I'm, I'm really hearing her say is she wants this and that as a female when that topic of like question comes up i always so if i'm asked say if we were together so say if i was marie and I said to you, um, like, hey, darling, like, what do you feel like for dinner tonight? And you're like, oh, I don't know. What do you feel like? I want an answer. Whereas like, hey, I feel like something warm. I want it rather fresh and I want it loaded with green food. Like when I ask you what you're feeling like, I want you to tell me what you feel like. Mm. It doesn't have to be a meal. It doesn't have to be, I want spaghetti bolognese. And so for me, like when I have a partner and I ask that question, I'm always like, hey, can you just let me know what you're feeling like? It doesn't have to be a specific meal. And then once I know what you're feeling like, it's like I can be like, okay, cool. So they want these kind of things. How can I make that work in for me? And then that's when I can be like, all right, yeah, cool. I want greens. Well, I could definitely do a hot a hot meal. Okay, here's two or three options. And then yeah, we can cool. decide together. And so it, it can be a, choosing meal topics in relationships can be very challenging and I've definitely hit hurdles in the past. You know, I'm a bit more of a struggled eater in the sense that I have 
I'm gluten free. I'm dairy free. I don't really eat meat. And so, you know, if I was to date a meat eater who's, who eats like all the bread in the world, it's kind of like, uh, uh, want eggs for dinner? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, how do you choose that? But it's really comes back to communication Women, it's your responsibility to know where you are in your cycle Mm. and only your male will know that once you know that too. So you need to know about your body and your cycle and I promise you it'll change your life when you do. And for men, if you want to improve your relationship, even like little bickering comments that come up or challenges about like, what are we going to do tonight? Or like, what would you like to do on the weekend? You know, those little things can all come up clear when a woman knows exactly how she's feeling and she can be like, look, the guy's like, I really want to go hiking on the weekend. You're like, oh, it's going to be just before I bleed. I'm not really going to be feeling like that. And you can communicate, hey, mm. I'd love to go hiking too, but can we put it back a weekend? Mm. Because this weekend my body's more asking for this. Or you can be like, hey, dude, you go for a hike. I'm going to go do this instead. Yeah, that's where we've come to really good with Marie and I understanding that. And we used to be terrible with food. We walked through somewhere. What do you want? For I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? We we worked on that a lot over the years. But the day that she did your program, it was a Saturday. That afternoon, we're like, let's just go for a walk with Ollie in the pram. We went for a walk. And then all of a sudden, there was a new cafe open with a really cool beer garden outside. And they had a good menu of some snacks. And we walked past and she's like, oh, maybe we should go in. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Do you just want to go for a walk? And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, what, what would you like, babe? And then she goes, can you just make a decision? I was like, sweet, we're going back there. Straight away I knew. And later she said, so part of what we were talking about was the masculine and feminine. What yeah. I was asking you to do was, you know, bring your masculine, make that decision because when I'm doubtful, I'd like, I just need you to bring that masculine energy. Yeah. I didn't know it in that terminology, but I could sense straight away when she said, can you just make a decision? Bang. <laughs> yeah, and it's not sometimes women don't say that because they're snappy at you. It's just like right now my body's feeling a bit confused so therefore my my logical choices are feeling a little bit confused so you make the decision and i'll work around that that's Mm. how i feel in those situations and so that's like it's another whole topic about understanding the femininity and the masculinity balance within your own body and then how that affects you and the feminine feminine masculine balance with other people in your life Mm. so like with a partner and we don't have time to go into it today but you know if the woman is really in a masculine element of her phase of her cycle where she's like on point logical bang 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 and the guy in a heterosexual relationship is also like that man you got you guys are gonna butt heads but then you're also butt heads if you're both in your feminine flow it's like oh i'm so enjoying today and today's great oh okay you choose no 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 it's fine like honestly you choose it doesn't work it's kind of like two it's kind of like two people trying to dance with the female role in salsa Mm. you need a lead And you'll lead once and then she'll lead the next and vice versa. Mm. And so it's about the harmonious art between the two dance moves or the dances and learning that, yes, one, like it's like being both mother and father. So sometimes you need to be the mother. Sometimes you need to be the father. And that has nothing to do with male or female. Mm. That's the energy of your body. Yeah. Yeah whole nother podcast in it itself <laughs> thank you so much for having me yeah absolutely fine just before you go yeah. where can people find you where um so i hang online? out on instagram the most um which is wellsom w-e-l-l-s-o-m-e underscore Gemma lee you can go to my website wellsom.com um pretty much everything's on my website nearly everything's on my instagram too um that's where i hang out podcast Beautiful. is well women yeah, what's it called well woman well woman technically english well woman podcast okay yeah brilliant and i'll link all of that in the show notes for everyone and i want to hear from everyone now if they want to hear more from you <laughs> reach out because as you can hear there's so many avenues we can dive down and that's why people need to listen to your podcast as well Thanks. but before i let you go yeah. Gemma, you're a legend thank you you have a beautifully connected soul and every time i'm around you i just feel your energy and it's like vibrant and every time i'm with you i think why don't we spend more time together why don't we spend more time together that's when i saw you at the event that you came to with amber and i was like Gemma, come for dinner like we need to spend more time together but you're a beautifully connected soul you're obviously living on purpose and the impact that you're having it's really obvious of the change that you want to see in the world and it's Mm. around people's well-being obviously work mostly with women but it's such an impactful like i learn so much around this you know what i actually feel like i need to create a podcast around menstrual cycle education for men so men can teach their daughters and courses oh yeah yes like i don't know how to market that (laughs) hey guys come learn about periods (laughs) but i do teach it in a really funny way for them that's Mm. brilliant Gemma. you're a legend keep shining your wellsome light to the world my girl thanks bravo 
Boom, there she is, Gemma Lee taking us to places that we need to explore and focus on more often. You guys who are still listening, I told you you would get value from this one. For everyone keen to learn more from Gemma or about Gemma Lee, make sure you jump on her website or Instagram. Her website is www.wellsome.com. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com. And remember, she's got heaps of resources to help you get started. And you'll find her on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemma Lee. That's spelt W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E underscore J-E-M-A-L-E-E. And you can find all of these links in the show notes. And you can find the show notes. If people have asked me before, where's the show notes? Just click on show notes on your favorite podcast app of where you're listening to this. If you're keen, if you're as keen as I am to get Gemma back on and focus on a couple of specific topics please let me know. We can do some shorter specific episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Email me directly at info at brettrobbo.com or message me on social media and let me know what you'd love to hear more of. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.